Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I am so excited about my guest today because as a mom, one of my biggest passions are my children. And I think if you've listened to my podcast in the past, you know this. But you also know I'm very passionate about taking care of children and specifically their caregivers as well because we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others, right? So I'm thrilled to have Diane Casto. She is the CEO and founder of Symmetry, which is neuropathway training. It provides neurofeedback services and systems to individuals, families, therapeutic programs, and professionals across the U.S., Canada, and even Mexico. So I'd like to introduce Diane Casto and thank her for being on my show. Yes, thanks for having me, Dr. Sarah. I'm excited to talk with you and your audience. Well, you know, one of the things that you and I had a chance to talk about before we started is that as a pediatrician, I know that one size does not fit all. And families, and I've experienced this too with my family, when you have a loved one that is going through a disease or disorder and you just feel so helpless, right? Because we we want to help them. I had a mom just yesterday, and we were talking about her daughter, who is 11, and she has significant anxiety. And it's not to the point where it's affecting her function, thankfully, but it's still bothersome for the child, and especially for the parent, because... Yeah, it's heartbreaking she, watching them suffer, right? Right, right. She, struggle. She's just like, I just want to help her. Right. So I know you have an amazing story to tell, but before we get into that, can you explain what neurofeedback is? I'm, I'm sure, sure this isn't the first time anybody's asked you that question, and right. I had to look it up too, so enlighten us if you don't mind. All right. I think of neurofeedback as technology-driven learning. It's strictly using technology. Um, we're going to use a couple sensors to measure brainwave activity and software that's going to give you information on what your brain's doing so that your brain can learn and change. So technology-driven learning is really the best way of summarizing it. Um, we start with uh, measuring that brainwave activity, finding out exactly what patterns in your brain are functioning well and which areas may be off a little bit. And based on that, then we know what that brain needs to learn. And, it, and I won't get into the details of all the brainwaves unless you really want to dive deep into there. But to me, that's the simplest way of saying it is just using technology to help the brain better regulate. How long has something or that technique been around and how long have you been practicing it? Yeah. So neurofeedback was actually founded back in the 60s in the research labs uh, and with an experiment with cats. And they were able to train the cats to produce certain brainwave frequency at will by giving them a little bit of milk and broth every time they produced it. So the cats produce more and more of it. So that led into other research and resistant to seizures and all kinds of things. But I have been in the field now 13 years. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And what do you find is the benefit? What what families or individuals seem to benefit the most from it? I've seen a lot. I'd like to say the whole goal of neurofeedback is to help the brain better regulate. And when our brain is better regulated, people tend to rest better. They're able to focus better. They might be able to manage their moods better, you know, a little mood regulation. And we definitely see tons of anxious anxiety type patterns in the brain right now. So correcting that helps people in a lot of different areas. If you're anxious, you can't focus and pay attention. Your memory is bad. You're not sleeping well. So all of it kind of ties together. And, um, you know, when I start naming off a bunch of different conditions and things that it can help, it can sound really ridiculous. How can it help so many things? But there is the common factors, the brain. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, when our brain is not well regulated, we're, all of those things that I just mentioned, you generally don't sleep well, you don't handle your emotions well, you, you know, you struggle in a lot of different areas. So then it makes sense when you think about it from the brain standpoint. Yes, I agree. And I was looking over some of the different diseases and diagnosis. And, and I realized that you know, and even as a healthcare provider myself, that basically this isn't, you know, that people should still, in coordination with their own physician or healthcare provider, work on these, continue to work on these diseases and recommendations. However, this is an alternative, I, with lack of a right. better term, to not just help with whatever it is that they're suffering from or disease or disorder, but also a way to find that ability to know exactly kind of like you get the root cause plus you get the treatment, you know, at the, at the same time, it sounds like to me, right? Yeah. And that's one advantage. It's so cool to be able to uh, measure those brainwave patterns and give somebody a, a report that shows them what's happening in their brain. You know, it's a lot of things that are just kind of generally talked about and you try to come up with diagnosis by, based on their behavior and how they're feeling and all of these kind of things. But, but when you can actually measure something and show them, hey, no wonder you've struggled with impulsivity, that network is dysregulated or no wonder your memory is, you know, you've had a challenge with that for this long. It is dysregulated there. And that gives people so much hope to be able to finally see something measurable to a lot of these things that work in the past. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like ADHD, for example, when people, you know, I, I do a lot of evaluations for ADHD and I also treat it, you know, medically or other interventions, et cetera. But I'm going to just specifically mention that one only because there's no real test. There's no, like, I can't do an, an, a chest x-ray like I can for pneumonia or, you know, I, it. a lot of it is based on history. Maybe, you know, there, of course, there are some very scientifically proved questionnaires that can answer, but I've seen those completely negative, but then I'm evaluating the child and hearing the story and I'm like, well, this says you don't, but I believe that you do. So it sounds like this neurofeedback is is a way to be able to really identify, and I'm not saying necessarily do people have to use it as a diagnostic um, measure in everybody with ADHD, but I guess what I'm trying to say is it's another way to really fine tune and say, yeah, like you said, there's, there's that spot for impulsivity. So it makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that can help with the medication management as well. I've had many people come to us with focus and attention problems. And when we do the mapping, we can see that they have patterns of anxiety. Mm. And so if somebody then gives them a stimulant medication, that's a that's not going to, you know, go over very well, usually. <laughs> Those, so it could help you and other practitioners like you in, in guiding that process. But I also do think it's an awareness thing for people, you know, that they can see something and, and now understand why they've struggled with that and not go away from the shame and the guilt and the blame and the labels of all of it, you know? Absolutely. So what I hear you saying is one of the benefits is that you can actually look at the maps of the brain. You know, there's something called brain mapping. And and like you said, we, we could go into it. I was kind of reviewing it before this podcast and it, it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. But there's, it, there's so many different type, you know, areas of our brain and brain waves. And so what I hear you saying is the benefit is that you can actually look at the brain in a way to see what areas they need to regulate better. Yes, yes. And then through the series of sessions, which are very non-invasive, kind of fun, so we're just putting a couple sensors on the scalp in the appropriate areas, um, measuring that brainwave activity again. The software detects when their brain meets a pattern that we want it to do, we want to encourage, and we want that brain to learn. And so whatever they're watching, they can stream anything online, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu. The software puts an overlay over top of it, and it'll play a little brighter, and they'll be able to hear it better when their brain's meeting that healthy pattern that we want it to learn. And then it goes dimmer and quieter when their brain's not producing the healthy pattern. So constantly measuring and that's the neuro part and the feedback is what they're watching or, or hearing. And it's rewarding the brain repeatedly to produce that pattern we want it to learn. And so go in a little deeper with that. Then how do you use that information? Well, that's the part that's the, actually the answer to help the brain better regulate is to teach it those healthier patterns. And it's just neuroplasticity. It's learning. Just like when you learn to ride a bike or write with a pencil, you're focused and you're practicing and practicing. Pretty soon you're doing it and you're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So through this process, we're getting the brain to practice the better patterns. And by repeating it over and over, pretty soon there's a new pathway in there and the brain doesn't have to struggle. And that can help better regulate the brain as a whole. Does that make sense? Yes. And this is done by, you know, like you said, just a little... Was it, what did you say, electrodes or like sensors, little? Sensors, picking up the brainwave activity. Yeah. Sensors, and then they're watching, you know, yes. with the computer, they're watching and can see how to to better regulate based on yeah. the response. Right, because the brain naturally wants to see and hear things better when mm-hmm. you're listening or paying attention or watching a show, right? You want yeah. to hear it and see it better. So the brain will figure out what it has to do, just like when you're wobbling around on the bike, your body mm-hmm. and your brain figures out what it has to do to balance. It's a similar process. It's just a natural process in the brain. So we're just using the technology to help the brain along the way to make those new patterns. And then the 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 person themselves can see right away, like while they're doing going through the technique, where where they by the dimming and the sound, they can see exactly where they need help in that aspect. Then. Well, they don't see a picture of the brain in the specific areas. They're just, they're, they really just kind of check out of the process and let their brain and the software do the work. Okay. 
So they don't have to sit there and try it. There are different styles of neurofeedback yeah. out there. There are some that are games and you have to do certain things to, to get, make that happen. But we found that the brain just wants to see and hear things better. So it's as simple as just kick back, relax, let your brain communicate with the software and do the learning. So what they see is from the brain mapping, they get that information. But during the actual sessions, there's no try or do or or have having to comprehend what's going on. The brain can naturally do it, just like the cats were able to to produce that without us explaining it to the cats, right? Yes. Sounds so. very easy. You know, and <laughs> in this easy. and then this life where we struggle with quite a bit, um, sounds like an amazing process. So how long does it take to really see results? And I would imagine it's different for each individual and really what areas that they need to improve on. Yeah. And it depends on their goals too, of course. You Mm -hmm. know, we have people that do come with challenges, but we have peak performers and Olympic athletes that use the technology to just kind of fine tune and tweak their their game a little bit, but we like to have people commit to 40 sessions. Mm -hmm. The session is typically 30 minutes average for neurofeedback, sometimes longer. And because it's not a quick fix or a magic pill, it does take time for your brain to learn the new patterns and to overcome the ones that weren't working so well and create new physical pathways in there. So I like them to commit to 40 minimum. That's changed my son's life uh, for sure. Some people may take longer. It just depends on their goals. And what age do you find the most benefit? From about age five to 85. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah. that. Anybody that has a brain. And I mean, generally, somebody that's not going to pull the sensors off of their head and that can, you know, Understand. sit and engage in a movie and, and relax. You know, we do have some uh, severe cases of autism and things like that where we're having a really difficult time getting them to sit still and watch anything for any amount of time. So Mm -hmm. we use, you know, mom, sit in the lap, put a weighted blanket on in any few minutes that we can get them to engage over time, that will start to calm the nervous system and allow them to participate a little more and sit still. Um, But yeah, we've had all ages. When I was reading your bio, you refer to yourself as a mom on the mission, which of course I love, and how neurofeedback saved your son's life. Would you be open to sharing that story with us? Sure. Yeah. And I am, I am definitely the mom on the mission. Uh, So my youngest son struggled with impulsivity off the charts from really from birth, but it became a problem when he started going to school. Right. And I would get a call, um, you know, you need to come and get him. And I know a lot of parents can relate to that. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, That it was so unpredictable and, that he got kicked out of multiple different programs and school environments. And I tried many different things. I was a single mom. I had two boys. They were opposites. So there was like this Cain and Abel fighting effect happening as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it got really, really volatile in the house. But I tried private school, homeschool, boarding school, homeschool again, military academy, you know, from age five, I was trying to avoid him becoming one of those troubled teens, you know, the troubled teens that end up getting sent away to those programs. And by the time he was 12, and it was, he was in my face, refusing school, not complying, there were holes in my walls, it was a disaster. Mm. Um, And I, I sent him to a military academy at that point, I said, you really got to make this work for you, or you're not welcome home. That's how bad it was. And 
of course, I tried every different parenting book, method. We medicated him for a short time period. That was heartbreaking because his personality was gone when he was on the medication. And I was kind of like, I think I'd rather have the holes in the wall, even though, you know, it was a toss up there. Absolutely. I I could understand that. (sighs) Yeah. So goes to this military academy. I get that call again. You know, you've got to come and pick him up. He's in trouble. And I, I said, no. And they're like, what? You have to. Like he was only 12 at this point. And we've Mm -hmm. done years of this by the, you know, it was, and the only thing that I could find was to have him transported to one of those programs for troubled teens. So that was one of the hardest things in my life that I've ever done. But when, because I said, no, you've got to make this work for you. And he came across as 110% boy with a bad attitude. So I see. Uh, there wasn't a lot of that sympathy and maybe even trauma-informed approach. It, I, I bucked heads with them. I was trying to be tough. You know, I, I didn't want to be judged as a single parent who wasn't disciplining my boys and all of that. And the approach in hindsight was wrong. You know, if I would have known what was really happening, he had a physical reason in his brain that he had no impulse control. He had no pause before reacting, you know. Mm. Anyways, he gets to that program. I have him transported. He's in the therapeutic program. Like, okay, finally, somebody's going to know how to help him now. Even though I tried to avoid this all of these years, they're going to be able to help him. And guess what call I got? You got another call. From, Come get him. From the founder and the CEO of that program. He goes, we really love him. He's a genius, but he's not following the program. What are we going to do? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're like, I'm you, at the end of my rope. You guys were you, my last possible choice. You do this. This is what you know how to do. And um, So whatever you believe in, divine intervention, God, anything, universe came to my rescue. And I was introduced to the founder of a neurofeedback company hmm. in my small town in South Carolina. And this, he just kind of got into the field to try to make it easier for chiropractors to bring the technology into their practices. And he said, that's the kind of kid we can help. And I'm like, makes sense to me. Bring it on. I, I went through the training for three days. He trusted me with the system. I drove from South Carolina to nowhere, Utah, where my kid was and, and set it up in that program and started running sessions on him. And uh, within a couple of weeks, I started to notice changes, like the dark circles under his eyes got a little bit lighter. Wow. He just started to perk up a little bit. He started to engage a little more with the other students and actually attended some of the elements of the program. Uh, and just little by little, he started to gain that pause before reacting that he never had. And so I, I say it to this day, I mean, 40 sessions of neurofeedback saved his life because he was one of those people that would be locked up or had accidentally killed himself by this point. I yeah. I mean that is amazing. I mean I I meet many parents and I you know I always encourage everybody to be an advocate but you definitely get the advocate of the year award oh. you know for years because oh. it that's that's the whole issue is when you are sitting there not only you know it didn't just affect his life and your life you know it affected your family and, 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 you know, outside of, you know, your home and, and, you know, in your heart, he's a good person. Right. Yeah. And, and, and and it just was sad to see him labeled and kicked out and hurting, you know, but, and he had to put up that front to think about how many people are doing that same thing where they come across as a really kind of tough guy, but they're, they're wounded. 
you know. Very misunderstood so. too, I think. Right. And I, I always, when I treat for any type of, you know, um, in regards to mental health, etc., I always have five goals in mind. One is, you know, we, we want them to achieve academically. And these aren't in any perfect order, but achieve academically. We want them to be safe. We yes. want them to make friends and be social. And we want them, too, to have some independence, like be able to have self-care and learn that over time. But then the other one is self-esteem. Because if you're constantly being redirected, if you're constantly being told you're not following directions or you're not doing it right, I mean, can you imagine for year after year after year? So I, I'm, I don't, I don't know your son, but I'm picturing him, and I, I, I also know patients that are very similar in, in that aspect. You hit the nail on the head with that. And that was one of the most beautiful things that I saw there. Because not only did I start running sessions just on my son, but I shared with the other parents at parent conference what I was doing. And they were like, bring it on. We're spending more money than we have. We don't like the medications. We've tried everything. We're at the end of our rope as well. So let's do this. And I was running sessions from 9 a.m. till 9 at night, um, six days a week and a half a day on Sunday. And I saw across the board that... um that confidence and that spark coming back in their eyes. That was the best part. You know, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so wonderful, isn't it? Because when you, when you put it together, I mean, I don't know how much it is. And I would, you know, imagine when you think of pros and cons, you know, pros, lots of pros sounds like it, you know, it's non-invasive, right. And um, it's safe and right. it definitely shows improvement. Um I know that I don't, as far as cost effectiveness, you have to, you kind of have to look at your, again, your risk benefit because we think it's kind of like even with eating a healthy, nourishing your body, you know, it's like, well, this is more expensive, but what's, what choose your heart? Are you going to continue to try different medications and in and out of schools or, and then low self-esteem, et cetera, or, are you willing to invest in certain, you know, in something like this if, uh, if necessary? But before we continue, I do want to say it, it doesn't have to be isolated for those that are extreme, correct? Correct. Yeah, like I said, we have Olympic athletes that are using the technology now. I mean, we use technology for so many other things and maybe even harmful ways. Why wouldn't we use it to help? It should just be part of our lifestyle now because it can be. We have mobile systems and home units that we can serve families at home oh, at nice. a fraction of the price of when they were coming into the office too. Wow, so, that's yes, nice. It can be used just for peak performance. And then do you teach them as well? Like I kind of think about longevity. What happens like, just like, you know, again, I know I brought up dieting and I would imagine it probably would help with that too, you know, with weight loss, but is it something that's sustainable? And what, in your experience af- of all these years, have you found in regards to sustainability? Yeah, it really is sustainable because our brain retains those new pathways. Think the same thing back referring to riding the bike. You might not get on a bike for 10 years, but you don't really forget. When you get on it, you kind of know how to do that, right? 
So that's what our brain does. Now, when people have a lot of stressors or traumas or their diet is horrible or they're maybe even in an auto accident or something like that, that can disrupt your brain waves again. But anytime we learn something, those changes stay in the brain. I mean, the science shows the same for neurofeedback. After 20 sessions, there are physical changes in the gray and white matter of the brain. So it is sustainable. But keep in mind, we have stressful lives and you may backslide or have something else happen to you, mold exposure, something that could disrupt your brainwave patterns again, because they're able to be trained and created, but they can be disrupted from, you know, traumatic exposures. And that makes sense. And that's going to be for anyone, really. Right. Do you find in those situations, people might come back for refresher or you know, maybe there's new things going on in their life and now they want to work on those areas, et cetera. We have had, yeah, we have had some people come back for refreshers or they just like how they feel when they're doing the sessions and they want to maintain doing one, maybe one a week or something like that. And then there are the cases like my son, he had the 40 sessions and never had any more. And he is one of the most disciplined people I know. (laughs) He's he's now um, actually special forces army. He's a green beret. Wonderful. I mean, he went from seriously one of those people that would not be with us today or locked up to one of the most disciplined people in the world. Wow. He he was then able to apply all of those things that he learned along the way, right? Absolutely. Before he couldn't apply it because there was a physical reason. And I mean, that just makes my mom heart just <laughs> I know, feel so full. I know. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know, how is he doing now? I mean, I, I, I felt. Amazing. Yeah. And even after all of the stress and the trauma and the fighting in our house, you know, he's one of my favorite people to be around him and my other son. And, and we were a volatile triad, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, I also have two sons, so I I can I can imagine that part of it for sure, mm-hmm. and mine two are opposite as well. But yeah. they both have their wonderful traits and um, and beautiful gifts. What do you tell the person who maybe looks at something like this with skepticism? Well, that's a good question. You know, right. it's, it's hard for me to entertain that because of what I saw. Right. Because I came out, I came out of the gates with 100% success rate. Uh, yeah. And I was like, why in the world didn't anybody mention this for all of these years? So, you know, it depends on what their skepticism is. If they want to see the research, I'll point them to that. If yes. they need to understand, you know, how cats were able to to train their brains, why wouldn't people, you know? But generally, there there's a lot of um, university-based research it's just not huge scale studies like big pharma. There are a lot of small scale studies and case studies of um, the positivity of this across the board. So I usually will either share stories or point them in that direction for some of the research. I think that is um, a really great approach. And I only brought it up because even as a physician, and I think anybody that tries to help others, there's always you know, that wall or for for whatever reason, they're buffering and, you know, they they just can't believe that something could be this great. But right. what I hear from you saying is that in not only just that there's this research, but also in your own experience over and over, you have seen how much it helps others. Right. Absolutely. That's what set me to 
to do what we're doing here with symmetry and get it out to that. I really do think it should be in the households and it's not going to come from the top down from, you know, the pharma and insurance industry that it's going to come from families demanding it and because now they know about it. If I had had this way back then, all of the trauma, I mean, we literally were all traumatized from yeah. by the time you end up having to send your kid or even watching them when they're, they're on medications that don't agree with them and going through that trial and error process sometimes. That that's like you said, it's very disruptive for the entire family. So think of how many families we could save that type of trauma. Absolutely. Or pain. I know yeah. this has been used. I mean, we've mentioned just in our discussion already, you know, the ADHD and and also things like autism, depression, anxiety, and and so on. But also I've I read that drug addiction which I've often considered worse than cancer in some situations. I, I've experienced this in my own um, extended family, and um, it's heartbreaking. But good news, everybody's great, which is wonderful, Aww. but that's not always the case. Or maybe that family member who suffers from a lot of pain, and we've just gotten to the point where there's not, you know, doctors or healthcare providers have said there's nothing else we can do. I would imagine that uh, neurofeedback uh, technique and the technology can help in those situations too. Yeah, I mean, it, think about it. It's it's certainly not going to hurt anything, right? Mm -hmm. and, and people like that with the addictions and everything, the, the studies on that have been great. Because there is a reason people are drawn towards drugs and addictions. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. trying to soothe something that isn't quite right. It's kind of off, right? And so when you can better regulate the brain and the central nervous system, there's less of that tendency, whether it be food or drugs or alcohol or whatever. So um, there's really, yeah, it's, it's worth trying, you know, from what I've seen. Well, I've had the opportunity to look at your website and learn more about it. I, I love the videos that you have available as well. So I do want to encourage uh, people to reach out and take a look. Would you be willing to share how they can connect with you and Symmetry? Yeah, certainly the website. It's symmetryneuropt.com. Symmetry Neuro, like P is in pathway, T is in training.com. Call the 800 number. We have 844-BRAIN-ON is our main number. Um, and we're here to not only just serve and provide the services to families, as I mentioned, but we want to help professionals and programs and schools set this up. If we have this in the schools, you know, we can head some things off and, and save a lot of heartache and money in the long run. So I really, we have the training, the support, the technology, everything we need to help help this be more prominent. Like I said, we, you know, when you kind of, if there's people out there that are thinking, yes, this resonates with me, this is something I think I need to look into, whether you are an administrator for a school or work in healthcare or your parent, um, or maybe even you're a son or daughter or, you know, someone who cares for others, choose your heart, right? You know, taking right. that leap of faith that you did many years ago for your son. Yes. Well, thank I look forward to talking to whomever reaches out to us. And I really appreciate you yes. having this conversation with me. Oh, thank you, Diane, for taking the time, sharing your story, and also sharing your knowledge about ways that people can live a better life. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.